What a great time to celebrate and what perfect stuff to celebrate. We ought to be celebrating every day, but it's a little easier some days than others. And this morning as uh, we got to hear some testimonies and uh, I love the fact that I know even more backstories on all of those. And some of them at some point may be able, we may uh, have them share a little deeper in their story. And there's a whole bunch of people sitting around you whose story you don't know. But it is a story of grace for every one of us that are here are a story of God's grace. And this morning, just for a few minutes, I want to look at this fact of grace. We love the thought of grace, don't we? I mean, just grace is a beautiful thing. Grace is something we don't deserve, but it's given to us. And God's grace is what happens before somebody gets baptized, as they have accepted and been immersed in his grace, and now as a symbol of that, being immersed in the water. And this morning, we're looking at the fact that it's time to let grace multiply. Not just to get a little bigger, but to actually multiply. Scripture says that it should happen that way. Um, I don't know how familiar you are or are not with this, but if you have your Bibles or Bible on your device or there's a Bible under the chairs in front of you somewhere, uh, in the New Testament, that's the back half of the book, toward the end of that book is a book called 1 Timothy. Excuse me, Romans. 1 Timothy is a different message I'm working on. Stay tuned. But Romans uh, chapter 5 talks about this grace, but it talks about it in a way I don't think I've ever addressed in a message. Um, And it really kind of begins, you need to go clear back to about verse 12. I'm just going to read verses 18 to 21, but let me explain before that. It, It describes the fact that Adam and Eve messed up without saying their names. It says the the trespass or sin or condemnation came through one. Adam and Eve each made a decision on their own and then together to go against God's word, to go against what God had told them, and that became known as sin. So sin entered through a decision of one, and then one, and then a whole bunch of ones after that. But then Jesus came. God sent his son, John 3.16 tells us, Um, that God sent his son and he came and died on the cross to take all of our sins with him to the grave. But the beauty is he took the sins and left them there, but he came back just like they came out of the water. As I told them when I talked with them, I said, you know, baptism is a symbolism of Christ's death and resurrection. And if I hold you down too long, it'll become more than a symbol of that. So far, I haven't done that. I will not answer if I've ever been tempted. But to just understand what happened through what Jesus did, the death, to nail the sins and bury them, and then to come back to life. And see, that's why we celebrate Christ's resurrection. That's why the crosses that we use are empty. Because he's not on the cross, he's also not in the tomb anymore. We need to remember what he did for us, but we can celebrate. And I've been criticized through the years when I do baptisms of encouraging people to celebrate, to cheer, to clap. 
And I'm like, man, if we're not going to celebrate for that, we shouldn't celebrate anything. Because nothing's greater than that. And those being baptized need to know that we're with them. And it all comes back to this passage. It comes back to this fact that though sin entered through one, through another, then that became the grace and the multiplication of salvation. And beginning to read at verse 18, it says, Therefore, as one trespass, that's Adam and Eve, led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness, that's Christ on the cross and out of the grave, leads to justification and life for all men. For as by the one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience the many were made righteous. Or the better translation is righteous is available. Now the law came in to increase the trespass, that's the sin, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And I want to focus in this on verse 20. The law came to increase the trespass. See, what happens quite often is we do things and don't know we've done something wrong. You ever been someplace for the first time? Some of you this morning are going, yeah, I didn't know what everybody does here. And you we, you know, we're kind of used to it, many of us, and we forget the first time we showed up and didn't know. So do they stand? Do they sit? Am I in somebody's seat? When they stand, and what, what do they do with their hands? I don't get that. Do I, am I supposed to do that? I tell about going to a, a Catholic service. It was a funeral, and it was the first Catholic service that I'd been to many friends and, and good acquaintance and fellowship with many Catholics, I'd just never been to a service. And there was a lot of, of getting up and down. Some of you told me as your background. And not much of it was instructed. So I always felt like I was behind until they got to the end and they started to do the Lord's Prayer. And I went, finally, something I know. And so I belted it out. I just didn't realize they didn't add as many words as I did. And so I belted out the last sentence that they didn't say. And uh, little... I mean, I can just express the fact that my visit did not go unnoticed uh, that day. But there are a lot of things that we just aren't sure until it's shown to us. And this is what it says when the, the law, Ten Commandments, etc., came and then sin increased. Well, the sin didn't really increase. What increased was the knowledge of it. It's like, oh, we're not supposed to do that? I mean, have you ever started a new job and not known all the rules? Remember a first day in a new classroom or a new school if you've moved like some of us have? And you go, oh, I didn't know that's how they did things. Um, and it's almost as if you do more wrong things once you become aware, but the difference is now I'm choosing to do it. Before that, I just wasn't bright. <laughs> I just didn't know. But now I know, and that's what happened. The law came to show us. And then it revealed that we need a Savior. And that's where Jesus enters. But I want us to, to take a look at this in just two simple steps. The first is the power of one and what can happen through that. And we look at this, and verse 18 says, Therefore, as one trespass led to the condemnation of all, and one sacrifice, that's Christ, led to 
salvation or righteousness for all. There's a power of one. Just like each one who testified this morning, there's a power in their testimony, even if we only had one in baptism. I did a service one time a number of years ago, and there were supposed to be four or five, and for various reasons, some of them health, some other things happened, and just the one was getting baptized. It was a teenage girl who was very shy. And I found out a couple hours before the service that she was going to be the only one, and I did not tell her. Because I was pretty sure if I told her, then she wasn't going to do it either. And uh, we got there, and, and I said, well, you're, she said, am I going first or last? I said, which do you want to go? I don't even remember what she wanted. She said, and I said, okay, you're doing that. And then, then when she got done, and she and I said, okay, now. She goes, there's nobody else. I said, no. <laughs> but you were still first and last. And it was a beautiful time. But, you know, it's a power. Each one has an individual story. We all have an individual story. There's a power of one. And notice this. The power of one in this case, verse 18, starts out with one bad choice. That was Adam and Eve. And we know through history and reading in Scripture that that one bad choice led to many more bad choices. Because we've all been born into sin. They had the baby shower for beautiful little Shaylin yesterday. And she's awesome and perfect, at least if we're not the one having to handle her all the time. We think she is. And grandparents think she is. But you know what? She has a mind of her own. And little packages can sometimes control big households. Now, she's not doing anything wrong. She's being who she is. And as she grows, nobody's going to have to teach her how to make some lousy choices. It's kind of built into us. That's why it's so important as parents, if you're following Christ, to build into them the truth. The power of God's word. For you see, the, the choice, Adam and Eve's choice, led to many other bad choices. And then it was multiplied and handed down. And I don't think anybody would disagree that sin is on the increase in our world today. No matter your definition of it, it's on the increase all around the world. And those choices, that one bad choice that led to many more that's now been multiplied, that choice and many other choices have led to an awful lot of tears and an awful lot of fears. Because the lie that we get about not following Christ, the lie that we get about do it your own way is it'll be fulfilling. I loved what Nick said in his testimony that the world, it was kind of the carrot on the stick, the fulfillment thing. Just try this next thing and you'll feel fulfilled. Just try this next thing. But it never worked and it never will because it's built on lies based off that one bad choice. Now, it's not Adam and Eve's fault. I mean, it, it is as they introduced it, but if they wouldn't have, somebody else would have, I'm sure. And we can't blame Adam and Eve because we're making our own choices. It leads to a lot of tears and a lot of fears. But here's the good news. There was another choice. This was a choice of sacrifice. There was one bad choice, Adam and Eve, and there was one perfect choice, sal salvation through sacrifice by Jesus Christ. One bad choice, one sacrifice, where he had done nothing wrong, but he gave his life for all of us who had and would make bad choices. And that one choice 
The sacrifice of Jesus Christ led to salvation being available to everyone. Every single person here this morning, every person who's going to tune in online, and every person who won't. Salvation's available. See, you don't have to show up here to receive and have it be available. It's available to you. You don't have to be a part of the Nazarene church or this church. Salvation's available. That's the beauty of it. It is available to all. And that's through that one choice, the power of one, of what Jesus did. And a beautiful thing, as you heard testified seven times, that choice, when we accept it, leads to changed lives. Now, it's easy to sit back and criticize and go, well, I saw them do something wrong. Guess what? They probably will tomorrow, too. Any of us watched long enough are going to make a poor choice. Sometimes without realization and sometimes by choice. But what it means is that salvation, the forgiveness and grace of God has come and it leads to changed lives. And those lives keep changing. What happened this morning is a statement of what's already taken place. And what they are saying is, I'm still at work in progress. See, I don't know if you're aware of it or not, but this is just water. Nice warm water. But it's just water. There's nothing magic in it. The beauty is in what has already happened through Jesus Christ. And that's available to every one of us. To every person here. And every person in existence. So the power of one is, is amazing. Adam and Eve's choice. The power multiplied through generations of sin. But the power of what Jesus did through sacrifice. That choice for us when he had done nothing wrong. Is also multiplied through salvation. I've shared with the congregation a few times lately. And with some individuals more than that. It's been two or three months now that. Every time I'm studying anything, whether it's just for myself or in preparation for a message or teaching, the Lord is annoyingly consistent with a question. I know it's coming and it still gets me every time. Every single time lately. As soon as I read, as soon as I process, as soon as I'm working on anything, then I hear the Lord saying to me, now what? Okay, you're aware of this. Now what? Okay, Dennis, you acknowledge that. Now what? And see, here's the good and bad news of you hearing this story of bad choice and of sacrifice. You're now aware. And there's a question. Now what? You see, what the truth is, verse 20 tells us that grace must increase. He said, where sin abounded, and it's abounding, grace abounded more. But I wondered as I was studying this week, is it abounding with me? I should be a part of it multiplying by how I live. I should be a part of it multiplying by how I treat others. I should be a part of it multiplying, oh, here's a one that's not much fun, by my attitude. You know, 
following Christ wouldn't be so bad if I could have whatever attitude I wanted. But then I'm not really following him. I'm to take on the mind of Christ. But grace must increase. That's that one plus one. But not only should it increase, it's to multiply. It must multiply, not just by addition, but it needs to multiply. And as we keep running into each other, and as we had seven baptized a few months ago, and we had seven baptized this morning, we don't limit it to seven, by the way, more than you can get baptized next time. Just happened to work out that way. But we add that onto those who already are and those who are already living it, and it begins to not just add up, but it begins to multiply. But let me challenge you. See, it shouldn't just happen. It shouldn't just be added together. It should be multiplied. Because one by one, together we grow. Oh, we can do it on our own. But it sure is hard. You can stay home and just watch it online when you could come. But that sure is hard. You can do it on your own at home, but that sure is hard. There's something to coming and bumping into other people who are working on the same stuff. To be encouraged by that. To get the strength of their life and the strength of their story. One to one. One by one together we grow. Today was a testimony of that. Some influenced by friends. Some influenced by God alone. Some influenced by family. By teachers. By other believers. By people who've invested in them. But one by one together we grow. You are one. Now, what will you do? What is your one choice today? If you haven't accepted Christ, I encourage that to be your choice. If you have, I encourage you to choose to figure out how to help multiply God's grace where you are. The question is, what will your choice lead to? Maybe the better way to ask it is, if others around you who know you follow the same choice you're making, what will happen? If it's not what should, then what change will you make? The power of one. One by one, they testified. Oh, they were up here as a group, but those were individual stories. But together, we grow. What's your choice this morning? Father, thank you for all you've done and for what you're about to do. Lord, I pray that the power of the testimonies and the power of your word, the power of your Holy Spirit pursues us this week while we answer that question, if those around us follow our choice, what will happen? And Lord, if what we see when we ask that question is not what we know should happen, May we have the courage to make the changes needed. I pray for some who are here this morning. This may be brand new, all of this. I just pray that your Holy Spirit will continue to guide them and show them your grace. Lord, I pray that we would come alongside each one who was baptized this morning, encouraging them, guiding them, growing in grace together with them. 
So Lord, as we go home today, as we go to work and to school and in the community this week, may we take your grace with us. May we pass it out generously. And may it multiply wherever we are. In Jesus' name, I pray these things. Amen.